Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea with B&T. I'm your host, Tori. And I'm your host, Brooke. And today's Chatterday episode has been highly requested on our social media page. Um, if you guys are active on social media, especially Twitter, you know that there is a certain hashtag that is going around that we are not going to disclose. It's not hard to figure out based off of today's topic. In the beginning, we didn't really want to do another episode that was so serious so soon. We want this podcast to be about something. We have put a lot of our own money into this, just hoping that, you know, even one of our episodes makes a difference in someone's lives. So for us, it was an easy choice to be able to do something like this because we really do want to make something that is important. Especially because Tori and I are both you know, survivors of a sexual assault at one point in our lives or any unwanted sexual advance. Um, We definitely felt like it was important to band together as a community and let everyone know whether you're a man, a woman, whatever. If you have been touched or talked to or anything in any unwanted way, it's an assault. And we want you guys to know that we're here and, you know, we are definitely, I mean, we're not a licensed professional by any means, but If you reach out to us and you're saying, hey, I need to talk, I need to get this off my chest, Tori and I are always more than welcome to listen, and we are more than welcome to stand by your side. Tori and I were talking about this whole incident a little bit earlier in the week, and I told her, I'm not on the you're innocent until proven guilty train. I stand with victims, and I'm on the you're guilty until you're proven innocent, because at what point do do we discredit somebody by saying that's not true and you know, it's definitely hard to hear, especially if you know it happened and you know it's true because you were there firsthand. So we just kind of wanted to get into some topics, um, go over some statistics, go over, you know, what to do if you are sexually assaulted, you know, healing and going into recovery, how to report it, different things like that, as well as just some other topics that, you know, we felt were important to touch on. Okay, so for legal purposes, we're not going to be sharing any stories, any names, any hashtags, any information. You can find that easily on the internet. We just don't feel comfortable putting that out there, especially for protection of people who are underage, things like that. It's just, we have no business doing it. You can find it if you want to look at it. That The thing I want to get started with is last week in our customer service episode, we kind of joke around about creepy guys and, and people who make us uncomfortable just in a day-to-day life. And I think this week has really brought out all of the things that we normalize that are not okay. All of the things that people do that are just not okay. And in our last week's episode, you can hear us talking about some stories that shouldn't have happened and that weren't okay. And so today, I think it's really important that we touch on the things that are not okay to do to women at any point in time. Brooke, have you ever had a guy, when he's trying to get past you, grab your hips or grab your waist and touch you as he's just trying to move past instead of just walking like a normal human? Yeah, no, it's definitely happened. And especially like I stated in the customer service episode last week, I work at a bar and for some reason, men, not even men, women do it to me too. And it's, it doesn't matter your gender. Assault has no discrimination, you know, by any means, but I work at the bar and people will feel the need to put their hand on my back when they order or, you know, grab me by the arms and instead of just saying hey you know can I order from you and then keeping their hands to them fucking selves like it's not hard not to touch someone in a conversation at all yeah it's just there's a lot of things like that that are just not okay and people have made it like a common thing people do it all the time and nobody really calls anyone out for it and I think we need to start doing it I think we need to start pointing out 
behaviors like that that make people uncomfortable. Just, there's a lot of behaviors that I think doesn't make you a predator per se, but it just makes people uncomfortable. And at what point does it cross the line between this is harmless and you're doing harm? Because what may be harmless to one person is not harmless to another. And like I said, any sexual advance, whether you're a man, you're a woman, you're pansexual, you don't identify, whatever you are, if it's unwanted, don't fucking do it. End of story. And like Tori said, it's, it is so common. And getting into some of the statistics about how common it is, every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Every nine minutes, the victim is a child. Meanwhile, only five out of every 1,000 perpetrators will be in prison. One out of every six American women have been victims of an attempted or a completed rape in their lifetime. 14.8% of which have been completed, 2.8% have been attempted, and one in 33 men will be victims to an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime, which if you look at those numbers, you're in a room of five people, one of them has been assaulted. That is astronomical. That is just wild that it is so common. And that is definitely something that I've seen by the hashtag that's going around on social media is all of these girls that are coming forward. And I can say that I may not personally know them, but I've come in contact with, I'd say a good three fourths of them, you know, like all of these people. And I was actually talking to one of the girls and she had, you know, we were kind of talking about our experiences and she told me, I would have never known you are so happy, you're so this, you're so that. And that's the thing about sexual assault. It doesn't look a certain way. You can be the happiest freaking person on the planet. You can be a man, you can be a woman, you can be a freaking, it doesn't matter. It it doesn't look a certain way. Like I said earlier, assault doesn't, you know, it doesn't discriminate. No, I agree 100%. And like she said, those statistics are so common. It's crazy how many people you will come in contact with that have been sexually assaulted. Most of these predators who are still walking free. And it's crazy to me that that's, that's happening. And like we're seeing on this hashtag, people are like, there's no way that that many girls have experienced this. And that's the saddest part that people don't realize how common this is, how much this happens. If you can say there's no way, you don't know, obviously. You don't know the statistics. You don't know. We're sitting in a room of two people right now and two out of two have been sexually assaulted. I think that tells you something. I just wanted to state as well that in our True Crime Tuesday episodes, we always start off with a disclosure that this episode is going to contain, I mean, we're not really going to go into too much detail, but I know as a sexual assault survivor, seeing everything online has definitely been really hard on my mental health. It kind of makes you think back and relive your experiences all over. And if this episode is too hard for you to listen to, we understand. Please click off. Catch us on a more lighthearted episode. We have plenty of episodes for you guys to listen to and plenty more to come. We don't want to put anyone in a negative headspace that is going to affect them. But obviously, we want you guys to listen and feel and understand that we are here for you and we stand with you. Yeah, and I've been really vocal on Twitter lately, annoyingly so, but I think it's really rewarding to me and worth every hate comment that I've gotten and everything where people are like, oh my gosh, Tori, I don't want to hear you anymore. I'm sick of you because I've had so many people reach out to me just to say thank you for sharing this online because actually my story, I don't want to get into too much detail, but I have only told two people in 18 years. 
And because of what someone posted on Twitter, and that may sound silly to some of you, but because someone was brave enough to put their story online, I was able to do the same. And it was something that only happened a week ago, but ever since that week, it's changed my life. And like Brooke said, you know, it is really hard and it's really triggering to see. And the messages I get, I, I'm so happy to see and I'm so, so happy to see people reaching out because a lot of the girls said, you know, I felt like nobody was in my corner. I felt like I had nobody. I felt like everyone was against me or no one would believe me. And it's sad because the thing I see the most is a lot of these guys are guys that are popular, are cool, are the guys that get all the girls. And so people are like, oh, but are they just saying that though because they regret it? And that makes me sick. (laughs) And I just want to say, just because a guy is cool, just because a guy is popular doesn't mean that he knows how to take no for an answer. And that's not okay. And it's even more sad that some of these victims have told me they don't want to come forward because they know that this guy has more friends and more followers and more whatever, and nobody's going to believe them. They know that they will get bullied online. And I have seen it. I have personally seen it where people have been bullied online trying to say that something happened and their friends are like, nope, not our friend. Nope, not him. Nope, you're a liar. And I seen something on, I want to say it was Facebook or Instagram. It was an image the other day of a person holding a sign and it says, how come every woman knows someone who has been sexually assaulted, but no man has a friend that's a rapist? Make it make sense. In the most respectful way possible, make it make sense. And it's because I don't know, I don't know how to word this in the best way, but People think it's almost cool to be like, oh, yeah, dude, like, she didn't want to have sex and I, you know, I pushed her to do it. Or, oh, he didn't want to sleep with me, but eventually he did. You know, these different things. If someone says no, it's not something you should continue to push for. No is no at the end of the day, no matter what, no matter where you are, no matter how drunk they are, no matter if they're your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance, your boyfriend, no matter what. Being in a relationship is not a lifetime consent card. Yeah, I, touching on that last note that she just said, Brooke and I were actually talking about this because there's a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, no, it's, it's not that, or that wasn't assault. Like there's a couple stories I've seen that they were being videotaped without their knowledge. That's not consent. (laughs) They were given mass amounts of alcohol while the other person was sober. That is not consent. I don't care if that person came with the intent to hook up, you guys plan to hook up, and then you feel the need to force feed that person alcohol and pretend that you're drinking, that's not consent. I'm sorry, but that's not. If you have to coerce or give someone alcohol or guilt someone or do anything to make that person feel like they need to do something with you, that's not consent. And I'm sorry, I've seen it a lot. And like Brooke said, that your marriage certificate is not a lifetime consent card. I have had multiple people reach out to me telling me stories about their own boyfriends, their husbands. There's stories out there all over the place. And actually, marital assault was not even a thing for a long time. People thought, your husband can't do that. That's not possible. You married him. You married him, but that doesn't mean that you are always up for the grabs. It it doesn't mean anything like that. It means that, you know, you... It means that they need to give you just as much consent and you need to give them just as much consent as you would in any other type of relationship. Something I wanted to touch on too, because there was actually a situation when I went to high school where 
someone was denying that it was sexual assault because he said that he never penetrated her with his genitals. Assault doesn't have to just be penetration. It can be kissing. It can be sharing around private images that were sent for one person. It can be, like Tori said, videotaping without consent, anything. Anything that is unwanted or this person did not plan on or agree to is sexual assault. End of story. And it is so tiring to see these girls and these men, it's not just girls, these women and these men that are reaching out with their stories about their sexual assault. And that's not something that's easy to do. It is not an easy thing to come out and say, hey, I was sexually assaulted because one person is, you know, one at least, one person is always going to tell you that you're lying or you're not telling the truth. So to come up and say, hey, I was assaulted is really hard. And for people to bring you down and say, well, he didn't penetrate you or he didn't do this. You weren't in a relationship. You were drunk. There is no excuse. If it is unwanted or you are pressuring or having to force this person to do something, go home. End of story. Do not touch that person. Go sleep in another room. If you're pissed, whatever. No one cares. Consent should be from both parties. And it's really insane to me to see how many of these boys want to find a hundred excuses. And I call them boys because that's what you are. If you can't have the mentality to ask a woman for consent or make sure that you have that before you do anything with her, you're a boy. You need to grow up. There's obviously a lesson that you missed somewhere, but there are so many, and I've gotten my own personal, personal, very, very elaborate hate comments because I'm out here believing victims. And I think that we should always believe victims. And I think if you're a man, I get not wanting your reputation to be tarnished. I, I get it. I do. I really do. But at the same time, aren't you more worried about being a good person? Don't you want to rectify what you've done? At some point in time, you made someone uncomfortable and that's something that you need, to, you need to understand. Whether you agree with it, whether you like it, that's something you need to realize and you need to accept that. Being defensive and trying to victim blame and calling them names is just, it's gross. So with that being said, we're going to kind of jump in. Um, I have some statistics that I've gotten from Rain, And if you guys don't know what Rain is, it is an amazing site. Um, you can reach out. It's got a 24-7 hotline for sexual assault victims. It's got links on where to go for help. Um, you know, you can type in your state and it tells you information about your state's prosecuting, their jurisdictions, all different information. And it is an amazing site. So these are some statistics I got from there. Um, but I want to jump, jump into kind of what to do if you were sexually assaulted. And we're going to start with reporting. And if you don't report your sexual assault, don't think that it's not valid. There are plenty of cases. And I know I am one of those cases who didn't go and report it right away because sometimes it takes, oh, I'm getting emotional. Sometimes it takes years for you to process the fact that you were sexually assaulted. It's not something that you just wake up the next morning and understand. It is something that it it develops and it sits with you and it never goes away. So what I wanted to do is if you are in the place and you are in the mindset to report your assault, that's obviously something that you should jump right into. And I know right now we are in a time in the world where not a, not a lot of people are trusting the police or trusting the cops right now, which is fine. But just know that there are different places you can report it to. You can go to a women's center, a shelter, different areas. You can go to 
your local medical center and they can perform a rape kit on you. There's so much you can do. And like I said, don't feel like if you didn't report it, it's not valid. You are still valid and there are still different ways you can get help. There's counseling. There's so many more. But let's just go ahead and jump into um, reporting it. Um, you can call 911 or contact your local police department and or visit a medical center where a rape kit can be performed immediately. Blah. In most cases, you will be talking to a specific law enforcement officer who is trained to deal with survivors of sexual assault. You may also be in contact with the SART, which is the Sexual Assault Response Teams, which provide survivor-centered response to sexual assault. Um, there is no time limit on reporting to the police. However, in many states, there are limitations of when charges can be filed or um, the case can be prosecuted. Statutes of limitations vary on your state. Um, that is something you can look into on RAIN, as I stated, or even just Google, um, you know, Utah's statute of limitations or whatever. Um, though the statute of limitations depends on the crime, the age of the victim, other varying factors. So to touch on what Brooke said, just because you didn't report your assault doesn't mean you're not a victim. Honestly, like she said, she's one of those people and I'm one of those people that didn't report our crime because it took me honestly almost a full decade before I realized that what happened to me was a sexual assault and that doesn't make my trauma any less valid. That doesn't make my experience any less valid. Just because I didn't go to the police and I didn't report it or I didn't realize doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And I think that's such a huge misconception is well, why did you wait so long? It didn't happen because you would have said something. This and this. Like, I hear so many things about, oh, well, she shouldn't have waited that long if it really happened to her. Or she would have said something. Like Brooke said, sometimes it takes years for you to realize what happened to you was a sexual assault. And even when you do go to the police, I've had multiple people tell me stories about people that they reported and nothing happened. Like, we look at we look at our justice system right now, and whether you agree with it or not, think back to Brock Turner. Brock Turner, who is a huge, huge, huge case. Everyone read that victim's letter, and it was long, and it was heartbreaking, and he served three months in jail. So just because, oh, well, he would be in prison or he would be charged, that's not necessarily true. Sometimes it can take a lot to heavily prove your case, and if you come forward years later, your chances are slim. Not that that means you shouldn't come forward, but you need to consider that with someone. Maybe they were not in the right headspace at all to report this. They were not able to speak to anybody about this, let alone go and report it. After being assaulted, they may not be in the headspace to go speak in length about what just happened to them. Go have a rape kit done. There's a lot of factors that play into why people don't report, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't believe them. So getting into different reasons why people don't report, here are some common concerns on reporting. Um, one of them is I've been intimate with my perpetrator or have been in a past relationship. And like Tori and I said, giving someone consent in the past does not give them consent for any further action in the future. What you said on Saturday night does not follow up to Tuesday morning or whatever. If you've given consent once, that's not a continuing pass. And being in a relationship, like we stated earlier, is not a lifetime consent agreement. And no means no, no matter what. 
Um, another concern is I know the person who raped or assaulted me and actually believe it or not, two thirds of victims know their attackers. And regardless if you know them or if you don't, sexual assault is still against the law. And I know I am one of those two thirds that knew my attacker. And believe it or not, most people are. Um, another concern is I have no physical injuries or worried that I don't have enough proof. Most sexual assaults don't leave physical or exterior injuries. It is important to see a medical professional to be examined for internal injuries because that is definitely something that can occur. You can also opt in to having a sexual assault forensic exam done to check for DNA evidence that may not be visible on the surface. A lot of times people are concerned about will you have to pay for the exam and by law you should not be billed for the direct cost of a sexual assault forensic exam, but different state laws vary. Um, recovering from sexual assault is something that takes years and years and years to do. Um, God, years later, I'm still recovering. Like Tori said, I, I don't even know what to say to this. I don't know if it's something really anyone can ever fully recover from, unfortunately. And that's one of the worst things about this is because one person wanted 15 minutes of whatever or 15 seconds or the time length doesn't fucking matter because one person wanted something they're willing to take away that for you for the rest of your life i'm a survivor and, and honestly i advocate for victims because i had no one to advocate for me and that to me is something that's so important and i don't care if people don't like what i'm doing or don't like what i'm saying or they think i'm annoying or they want me to shut up i don't care because to me this is Something that's so important and just the response I've seen from, from a lot of people saying, I was able to share my story because of you or I was able to share my story because of this hashtag, it means so much to me and it means the most to me because that's why I was able to share my story because I saw someone else share theirs and it was, it changed my life, honestly. So if I can do that for one person, I don't care who I have to cut ties with. Like Brooke and I said, we believe victims. We will always believe victims. Does that mean that every reported case or claimed case happened? No. But to be honest, if you look at the statistics, it's rare for false reporting. Rare. Two in every 1,000 cases are false reporting. So that means if you choose to not believe victims, you will believe 1,000 people are lying instead of two or believing 998 victims. And that to me is... A statistic I don't want to be a part of. I want to believe victims and if it comes out later, I'm willing to accept that. I'm willing to understand that that does happen, but we believe victims and we support you and like Brooke and I said, we are here for you because we both know how hard it can really be. So I'll read some hate messages to just lighten the mood a little bit. Um, so I had one guy in particular, he called me some really interesting names. Um, gullible bitch um my favorite um he called me a brown-eyed dog <laughs> i that's that was i was like oh okay. you know that was a good one i'll <laughs> i'll give me that i'll you know what brown-eyed dog i'll take it but it's actually really crazy because there was a person that messaged this guy that i saw on the list and they told him that and I quote, I would like to read this message because this is how I know a lot of people view it. A lot of people whose friends 
are on the list or whose friends have been called out with a story. They don't want to hear it. They're like, whatever. You guys are just making things up. So I'd like to read this message. And it says, I mean, I've always liked Tori, but right now I don't agree with what she's doing. I'm all for standing up for other girls and I know she's probably hurting. That doesn't give her the right to slander people's name without proof or facts. To that, I say, fuck you. Um, <laughs> if you don't like that I am standing up for victims, you need to reevaluate your life. And I mean that in the most disrespectful way possible. You need to reevaluate your life. You need to see why it is you have such a problem with me believing victims over thinking that maybe your friends didn't do it. I don't know. Like maybe take a step back and say, do I really know this person? Because I can tell you there's a lot of things that came to light and a lot of things I realized later on that I thought I knew about my friends that turned out to be not true. They turned out to be the people, people that I didn't know that they were. And so to that, I say your friends can be predators or even just because you've had a good experience with someone then they've never been creepy to you. They've never done anything in front of you. That doesn't mean someone else hasn't experienced something terrible with that person. That doesn't mean anything. If I wake up one day and I see Tori's name on a list of sexual predators, you can bet your ass I'm asking her to prove to me that she didn't do it. I'm not just going to believe her and say, yeah, well, this person's probably lying. You can bet your ass that we're going to have a talk. and I'm definitely going to reevaluate my friendship no matter who you are, because like I stated earlier, I stand with victims. Something that we did want to bring up, too, is that Tori and I have talked, you know, a good amount about different assaults women have encountered, or I know that we keep referring to women a lot, but it is actually common for men to be sexually assaulted as well. A lot of the times, like, men's, you know, reported cases of sexual assault go without a conviction, and there's such a stigma on it, and that's not something that's really talked about a lot, is that, you know, men can be sexually assaulted too. It's not just women. It's not just children. There are grown men who are out there being sexually assaulted, and that's like I said, I don't care what gender you are, what race you are, no nationality. It doesn't matter to me. Sexual assault, anything without a consent is still wrong at the end of the day. And I think a common misconception right now about me and about the people sharing these are we're just trying to stir things up and, and we're just trying to start drama. And it's really hard for me to be able to wrap my head around how someone doesn't like I said before, how someone can't sit out here and advocate for victims. And I'm going to be honest, the majority of the people who support me are absolute strangers. I have had maybe one or two comments from people that are close to me to say, oh, I like what you're doing, or you're doing a good thing, or, or even just like, I'm no one special by any means. I am not cool. I'm not famous. I am socially awkward. And, and that's the real spill the tea on the tea. I am nobody special. So for people to put their trust in me and share their stories with me, it means the absolute world. And for people to disagree with that, it, it breaks my heart. And for people close to me to not support me in the way that strangers do for me to advocate for victims, it honestly, it breaks my heart to see. And to anybody else out there, I want to say that it has been worth losing the few friends I've had that are on the list that, you know, it may or may not be true. I, you know, there is no 100% confirmation, but like I said, I believe victims. It is worth losing the five friends I have over knowing that I made 
even one girl more comfortable to share her story or even one girl feel like someone was on her side or even one person and not even just a woman one person feel like someone was someone had their back we went over reporting sexual assaults um but something i wanted to get to get into is what to do after a trauma and recovering from the sexual assault um I feel like there really is no one way to say this is just how to get over it. Because like I said, this is something you'll carry with you for years. And unfortunately, I don't know if it'll ever go away. But I mean, these are definitely some things that can help your coping and help your mental health and your physical health as well. And um, once again, these are also from Rain. And uh, let's see. One of the big things I believe in is I'm a huge advocate for therapy and, you know, reaching out for mental health support. Um, Although reliving your trauma can be painful, speaking with a licensed professional can help you immensely. You may also be interested in looking into a local support group to help you relate on the topic of the trauma and go down a road of recovery together. It's always so much easier when you feel like you have a village or a band of people behind you. I mean... I know that seeing all of this on Twitter, although, like I said, it has been hard to kind of see and relive, I have had so many people reach out to me, and I've reached out to so many people, and I know it's it's definitely so much easier to know that you're not going through this alone, and although it's hard to know that other people have experienced your pain and your trauma, to feel like you're not an outsider and to feel like somebody is by your side is something that is, I mean, um... After trauma, it is important to keep your body healthy and strong. Good physical health can support you during the time of feeling mentally unhealthy. And you should consider asking yourself the following questions. How are you sleeping? What type of food are you eating? What makes you feel healthy and strong? What types of exercise do you enjoy? Is there one in particular that makes you feel energized? Um, Emotional self-care means different things to everyone, but the key is to be in tune with yourself and make sure that you feel good. Um, you know, you should be asking yourself, what do you enjoy to do for fun and leisure? Um, are meditation or relaxation parts of your schedule? What inspirational words bring you peace? Who are you spending time with? Do they make you feel safe, understood, and loved? Um, I think it's really important, like Brooke said, you know, to find what works for you. And therapy is a huge help to me. It definitely takes finding the right therapist, but I think also find an outlet that you can do at any time. Um, I have severe, severe, severe anxiety and I also suffer with depression. And so I've had to spend a lot of years and a lot of time finding a coping mechanism that works for me. And it's the same thing with this. There are a lot of different ways you can cope with this, whether it's exercise or my personal favorite is I actually journal it because once I feel like I get it out on paper or somewhere else that I don't have it floating inside my brain anymore. So I know that's a really common one for people like talking to a friend, listening to music, watching something funny. Those all seem like really easy things to say, oh yeah, you can do that. But it's something that you really need to practice and say, what is going to make me feel better in a moment when I really need it? I know for me, one of my big things is I always joke around and say that I love to shop because I'm feeling my I'm filling my emotional voids with physical items, which is obviously not appropriate to joke about all the time, but it's something that just makes me feel better. You know, if I come home with a sweater I spent $12 on from Ross and it produces an ounce of serotonin in my brain, 
it was a good day. And another big thing for me is I, I connect with music on a whole nother level. I am one of those people. I will hear a song once and I will know the words. I will know the meaning. So I have, I mean, different playlists depending on my moods. I mean, I've got a playlist that's literally titled like in my room, in my feels. And it's just one of those things. I'll turn on a song. I'll get a good cry out and I'm back and better than ever, bitches. I don't, I don't really know how it works, but music is definitely one of my big outlets and I know that I definitely have a great support team behind me. I have great friends. I have a great fiance. And, you know, unfortunately not everyone has that. But I hope that people know if you're out there and you don't have that, you know, reach out to me. Reach out to anyone. Join an online forum. Whatever you can do that makes you feel, you know, like I said, make you feel safe, make you feel understood, make you feel loved. It's hard to reach out. So, and I think a big reason that I say... So you are anywhere between two and 13 times more likely to be re-victimized in your lifetime. And so I think finding a really good support, whether it's a group or a family member or just a therapist, finding someone who supports you and finding a good coping mechanism is really important to help lower your risks of being re-victimized. We want to get into a light, a more lighthearted area. And one of those is quit sending your unfucking wanted dick pics. I don't want to see your little chode on the phone screen (laughs) at 3 a.m. There was an instance where a man sent me a dick pic. And I told him, I said, you send it to me one more time. I'm going to send it to your grandma. Sent me another one about a week later. I found good old Grammy on Facebook. I sent the good old picture to Granny and she got a message that said, control your grandson. Um, In my opinion, that's the only way to handle a dick pic. I saw an actual posted message. It wasn't even a dick pic. It wasn't. It was worse. Can it get worse? I didn't think so, but it was. When I saw, and like I said, I'm not going to name names, but you hop on my Twitter. Take a a peek. Um, This is not sponsored by my Twitter, but (laughs) you would think it might be. It's not. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm really not that cool. Anyways, what is worse than a dick pic, you may ask? A dick video. What is that? You know what that is. You know what that is. We don't want to see a picture, let alone a 45 second video that we did not ask for. You know what? If you guys are exchanging some stuff, cool. But I don't want to get this random video or the random picture of your little wee wee because I don't want to see it and no one else does. Unless they ask for it, once again, consent. Videos, pictures, consent. I don't consent to seeing your little weenie. I don't want it. I don't. <laughs> Did you ever get on Omegle? My parents were way too strict for that. They would like, <laughs> beat my ass. <laughs> I remember, like, in junior high having sleepovers, and we would jump on Omegle just to, like, talk to people. I don't know. And I swear, every, like, one in three videos was some guy with his fucking wiener out and I'm 13 never seen a wiener in my life before I was shook I was traumatized keep your weenies off oh Michael I think that that is <laughs> I think this is going to be one of the only times I'm really glad I never had friends um because that never happened so <laughs> I thank you mom and dad for being strict and um thank you Tori for being so incredibly awkward and not having friends so that that didn't happen to you. (laughs) 
get on Omegle and they're like, you got a kick? <laughs> Does anyone remember a kick? I was also not allowed to have a kick. <laughs> My parents just wanted to keep me in a safe little bubble, and they did a good job. I mean, for, for the most part. And I don't know. Sorry, mom and dad. Voted Weber High's most fertile. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I earned it. And on that note, I would like to tell you guys a funny story. It's really not that freaking funny. I still pissed to this day. Um, who you heard the story from, too. Um, I heard the story from Brooke. Who, if you guys didn't know that, Brooke and I haven't been, like, lifelong friends. We, we pretend like, like, we act like we are. Like, you would think that me and Brooke came straight out the womb together. We are currently wearing matching mumus, um, with matching friendship bracelets. We are, we, we are, we are intertwined. There's, <laughs> there's no question about it. We are, we're intertwined. She, um, she's, you know, we're, we're, we're close, but... Brooke and I. That's all I get. We're <laughs> I told you we're we're intertwined. I've only known Brooke for I've only known Brooke for maybe a little less than like three years, a little less. And she told me a story about a man I had dated actually my sophomore year of high school. It was, which is it would have been about 2013. I dated this guy for a really long time. He was too nice. I don't. You don't know me. Maybe you do. Yeah, I thought he was nice, which if you know me, I, I don't date nice guys. I, I would, I would I'd crush your soul, which actually happened to this boy. I'm really sorry, but I'm really not because of what you did. So Brooke told me this story. We were all joking around because she actually knew my ex through mutual friends, blah, blah, blah. They were, we were joking around and she said, oh yeah, didn't you send him a dick pic? Did you send him a video of you in a um, intimate position with some other dude? And I said, bitch, what? She said, yeah, he told me and a lot of, a lot of other people, a lot of other people that I sent this boy a video of me and some dude doing, doing oral. And I was like, ma'am. So if you heard that rumor about me, I want you to, to, to cut your ear off forever believing that and your tongue, because I hate you. Brooke, you included. I can't. I can't. I'm just kidding. No, but really, the real story behind that is actually so hilarious that it makes me sick, because <laughs> the real story is this man, like I said, I don't date nice guys. I really wish I did. Mom and dad, you really tried. You really did. I, you gave it your best shot. I'm just... I need a man who, who can handle all of this because I come with a lot of sass and a lot of crazy. You'll hear in some of our other story times, I'm a, I'm a lot, I'm a lot of, I'm a lot of girl, I'm a lot of girl to handle. So this man, we dated for like a year and I was, to put it in a nice way, and this isn't me tooting my horn, whatever, put it in a nice way. I was bored. I was bored. He was boring. It was, it was old. I was a sophomore. I was finally having my glow up. My braces were off. My hair was getting curly. I was living my best life, okay? So I broke up with this boy, dumped him, said, later, skater. Moved on with my fucking life, never thinking about him again until, until he texts me on New Year's Eve, a year and a half later, a year and a half later, I had already dated two men since him, two whole men. 
he texted me and he was like, I just want you to know I'm still thinking about the New Year's. I'm not going to make the voice. <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm still thinking about the New Year's we spent together and whatever year it was. It must have been a terrible year because I don't remember it. So must not have been that great. Oh, so he, he texted a, a selfie. So my boyfriend at the time, who once again, I had dated two men since him. This had been a very, very long time. Had texted him a selfie. Just to be like, hey, dude, um, shut up. So he took that story and because he was so booty tickled and he wanted people to be like, wow, Tori's such a bitch. He took that and made it into a story that basically slut shamed me without me even knowing it. People had an idea of me that I didn't even know because I hadn't heard the story until this year, 2020. I dated this dude 2013. Like, please please. Man, woman, elderly. Do not make up a fake story that slut shames someone or anything like that to damage their reputation because you got your feelings hurt. I hate you. And my ex-boyfriend, I really hope to God you're listening to this. I, I really hope to God you're listening to this because that's trash. I don't know how I'm supposed to top that. <laughs> So, another little story time. Like Tori said, we have just recently met each other. You would not believe it because we are literally attached at the nipple. <laughs> so, yeah, we're pretty much a, a package deal at this point in time. But, in high school, we didn't know each other. We had, you know, mutual friends, whatever, but we didn't know each other. Well, maybe six months ago, Tori and I were talking about you know, rumors we had heard about each other, and she is doing this little dance for me. <laughs> well, about six months ago, Tori and I were talking about rumors we had heard about each other in high school, you know, how people are always spreading lies, and Tori, you know, says to me, oh, well, I heard you had slept with this many guys or whatever, and I was like, so, you know, Tori's like, well, I heard you were a slut, and you had slept with all these guys and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just literally shook because I'm like, no, that didn't happen. The number she quoted me was triple the amount of people I had slept with. And sorry, mom and dad, or my brother or sister, if you guys are hearing this, I am still abstinent. I'm waiting till marriage. But that's besides the point. People are always looking for a way to you know, feed their egos or make themselves seem like the guy in the room with the best stories or the girl in the room with the best stories. And even if you are a girl who is sexually active with multiple partners or multiple people, whatever, as long as it's consensual, who the hell cares? You can have sex with whoever you want, like I said, as long as it's consensual. There is no limit like, oh, you can only have sex with four people before you get married. Four strikes, you're out, bitch. It doesn't fucking matter. On the topic of slut shaming, you probably know. If you don't, now you know <laughs> that I am a teen mom. Um, for those of you who are about to ask me, was it planned? No, weirdo. No, no, it was not planned. So I was doing what, you know, um, kids in high school do that uh, involves, you know, what ends in a baby. So, yeah, Brooke's doing the motion. We all know. We all know how babies are made. If you don't, get off this podcast. Google it! Get, get off this podcast. If you don't know how babies are made, click off. But anyways, 
So I got pregnant and I wasn't actually like people in high school didn't treat me as bad as I thought they would or people would be like, oh my gosh, I I bet people were just so awful to you. And actually people that actually to my face at least were really nice. And that's, I got really lucky with that. But as I become an adult and surrounding myself with other adults, especially people who are 10 years older than me or whatever, and are just, that are having kids that are now my son's age, like they also have five-year-olds just like me and they're in their 30s. They want to shame me a lot and be like, oh, wow, you know, she must have been promiscuous. Like, that's a really common misconception with teen moms is she must have been promiscuous. She must have been just throwing that box like a UPS worker. And I'm going to tell you, I wasn't, still am not. <laughs> and my grandma, she she taught me, she taught me a lot of the wise, wise truths. And I can tell you. At the time I had gotten pregnant, you know, like Brooke said, we're not going to talk about our numbers. Let's none of your business, but it was definitely less than I could count on one hand. Like it, it was not even in the realm of like, wow, oh my gosh. But there has always been this like underlying, oh, she must be this way or she must be that way or her parents didn't teach her right. My parents were pissed. My parents were pissed. My mom was a teen mom, so I think it's a really big misconception, especially from other adults, which is shocking to me that you're not more mature to be like, okay, you know, I had sex in high school. I know what happens. Not really in Utah, because we all know, if you're not from Utah, you probably heard about how Utah is. It'd be like that. But so no, I I think it's really important to just stop slut shaming people. You don't know their number. And if you even do know their number. Why does that matter to you? Why does it matter to you unless you are with that person, in a relationship with that person? That shouldn't mean anything to you. That has nothing to do with you. I just want to leave this at a, it's none of your goddamn business. So to everyone out there who, like we mentioned earlier, you are a survivor in any way, shape, and form of abuse, of whatever. If you are a survivor of anything, you know, you're a badass. Keep pushing through and...